And for me, that's really what I hope to, to lead our children to be leaders in the long run, mm-hmm. is letting them see us live life in a way that's honorable and humble. I'm Susan Goss, and as a seasoned therapist of more than 15 years, I'm honored to have had the opportunity to gain so much wisdom from so many people and love passing that knowledge on to others. So join me and some of my favorite friends as we share some tangible truths with you. Welcome back to the Tangible Truth Podcast, y'all. We are so, I'm kind of sad, aren't y'all, that we're wrapping up the series on loving well, mothering for a lifetime. But this episode is going to be, well, we're starting off kind of hard, really, I would say. We're going to be talking about miscarriage and infertility first, but then we're going to wrap it up and on a more positive note. So let's just jump on in with a topic of miscarriage because there are many moms out there that have experienced that. So I know when I sent the text out on all for all of us that are in the room, and all of us are still here, by the way, Carrie, Karen, Megan, Brooke, myself, and I think Megan, you and I are the only two that have experienced miscarriage, right? Yeah, I think so. So um, actually, mine was just really a year, about a year and a half ago. Mm. So this this June, actually, um, are we we named our baby Matthew. Mm. Um, didn't know if he was a boy or girl, but we have all boys. So we just figured we'd probably be having another boy. Mm. So um, sweet Matthew would be turning, I think, one this year um, on June 8th was my due date. You know, it, it's an interesting thing to walk through. So I just want to honor all those women that I've had one miscarriage and I know for some it's been several. And so I think um, what what my miscarriage did to, for me is really just opened my eyes to how common it is um, and also the suffering in it. Whether I was only five weeks along. Um, so whether you were five weeks along or eight months along or however long, far along you are in the process, it's just hard Um, because immediately there's that attachment there to your baby. And so losing it, um, I know for me, went into a pretty empty place. I remember just telling my husband over and over, like, I feel like a part of me is now gone. Like, I feel like somebody has taken a part of me and like, I'm on the search for it and I can't find it. Like, I'll never get that part of me back. I think for what was what was good for my soul at the time um, was to be able to let out the pain. And so just all of you guys listening that you've walked through the pain and haven't get, been given maybe permission to to cry out, to lay flat on the floor, to lay flat on your face um, and just allow yourself to grieve. Um, just full permission to do that um, in whatever way you need to do that, because that's the only way I could heal. I remember one time falling I and, and grief is weird. And I know we've done a series mm-hmm. on grief. Mm-hmm. But it, it comes at the most inopportune moments, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Whenever you're least expecting it, it mm-hmm. will buckle you to your knees. And so I remember one time just sitting there, um, like chopping vegetables. It was like something so simple and just having this wash of grief walk, walk, wash over me and buckling my knees to the ground and just not being able to stand back up um, and just crying out. I just remember saying I had no words, just Jesus, just Jesus. I need you, Jesus, over and over and over. And something inside of me started to change shift as I could just yell out his name. Um, and I just remember my husband like picking me up and literally carrying me just to the couch. It was something so simple, but I'll never forget the responsiveness in that place. First of all, my husband, but then also 
of just Jesus in that place of really just showing up and calming my system to let me know that I am seen and I am loved um, and that he has not forsaken me or left me. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent because I feel like this is just so close to my heart. I think there's a lot of suffering here that's not honored and talked about. And so I just appreciate Mm -hmm. you, Susan, given taking this time to honor those women who have gone through so much loss. Yes, because, you know, Mother's Day is a real trigger for a a lot of women. And so I do want to honor that space because it's not... It's not a time of, it's not a happy time for some some women. So I do want to honor that space. Mine was years ago and it was, but it'll never be forgotten. And it was, I was already four and a half months pregnant showing and, you know, already in maternity clothes, as a matter of fact. And so it was devastating, devastating. And I was this is both uh, touching on a miscarriage and infertility, too, because I was considered classified as a non-ovulator, told I would never be pregnant. And so here I am pregnant. You can imagine how overjoyed we were. Just everybody. I had been trying for seven and a half years. Now I get pregnant. So four and a half months. And then I lost the baby. We we lost the baby and it was devastating. Uh just thinking about it all those years ago. And we didn't know what to, you know, as well, I was twenty seven. Anyway, it was just like, what do you do? It was just like and I found out actually at the doctor's office when they were doing the sonogram. I we don't hear a heartbeat, Susan. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then we don't hear the heartbeat, you know, just a minute. I go get the doctor. No, there's no heartbeat. No, you're mistaken. You're wrong. Of course you do. I, I I have felt the baby, but come to think of it, I haven't felt it in the last couple of days, that kind of thing. And then they call Steve, who's in med school. He's a resident. And this is in Little Rock. He was in Searcy. He has to come back. They do it again. They don't hear the heartbeat. That kind of thing. The whole thing was just so dramatic, you know. And so, anyway, it was just, to your point, Megan, it is grief. And it is a, I want to call it a very complicated grief, if that's fair. You don't know what to do with that loss. So, we do honor those that have been through this experience and we love you and we acknowledge that it's real and um but we want to acknowledge that it's real and god loves you and so thank you women so much for sharing your stories i know it's not easy to talk about and i see whether it's been almost two years or decades ago that that grief never leaves Hmm. And we can still feel that pain and those tears. And it's okay that you don't just get over it. This isn't something you just get past. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing with us and honoring the grief of so many moms out there who are going through this right now. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Brooke. And Brooke, you are, um, you know, on the topic of infertility, you experienced that. I did. I did for several years. And it... um, it was a really hard time because there was so much hope and so much like, I don't understand what's going on. And it was after my first child 
that we experienced this. And I had come to find out that I, I was sick. I had a brain tumor that was causing the infertility. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, I was thankful for good doctors who were responsive and, and able to figure that out for us. And we were overjoyed to finally be able to get pregnant after so long and have, you know, what so many of us call our miracle babies. Mm-hmm. But the grief of the waiting and the unknown and so often, I mean, in all of our stories, how how often do we hear from people like God knows or, you know, the Lord's timing or it just wasn't meant to be or something like that. And I know that people always have like the very best of intentions mm-hmm. to do that, uh, to say those things. But the most comforting thing for me was whenever people would just feel my tears in the waiting and in the unknown. Sorry. Mm -hmm. They would feel my tears and they would grieve with me Mm -hmm. and they would pray with me and they could still say those things as well. Like Mm -hmm. God does know, because that is a comfort, but it's a comfort whenever I can see that, like you care about how this is affecting my heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I also just want to like thank the friends and family that we've all had out there who supported us in this time that you knew how to come close to grief and be with us in it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what done. Thank Very you for well. saying that. Absolutely. That, you know, that's uh, the 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 gift of presence, you mm-hmm. know, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sitting with somebody mm-hmm. in their pain. I appreciate yeah. you reminding us mm-hmm. of that, how important it is. Words many times are not the important thing mm-hmm. is, are you here for me? Mm-hmm. Are you here for me to be willing to sit with me? Mm-hmm. And we as a society, we shy away from grief because yeah. we, because we, we're worried about saying the wrong thing. Yes. We don't want to make it worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Carrie Korn actually used to talk about this all the time, that in Jewish tradition, when people, someone would die, you would sit Shiva, which basically means you would sit at the feet of mm-hmm. whoever was grieving and just be there. Mm-hmm. You weren't saying anything. You weren't mm-hmm. telling them you know, maybe what they needed to hear, maybe what, you know, they weren't even quoting verses. They were just like, I'm just going to be here at your feet mm-hmm. for whatever you need. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, I'm going to segue just briefly before we talk about raising leaders. This would be also very apropos if you have lost your mother mm-hmm. uh, during Mother's Day. If you like I have, I've lost my mother. And this is so important on a, on a day like Mother's Day uh, to sit with somebody. And wouldn't it be encouraging to, because we've talked about celebration and we've talked about grief, but to sit with somebody, if, if somebody said to me, Susan, on Mother's Day, can you tell me about your mother? Mm-hmm. Tell me, uh, t- tell me your favorite memory of your mother. Tell me about her. Tell me about, because you know what I love to do, what I love to do with my mother is cook, mm-hmm. you know, all of her recipes. And I'd just love to share and tell you about us cooking together mm-hmm. and about some of our fun memories. Mm-hmm. That would be great yeah. if somebody did that. You know, Susan, tell me about the fun mm-hmm. part about your mother. That would be so, in- that would lift me up, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, because she passed down all that to me mm-hmm. and I cook all of her recipes and I do all that. But that's just a fun memory. Yeah. And wouldn't that be great? You know, so yeah. sitting down, that's legacy, mm-hmm. see? And so that that would be awesome. And that's something we talked that- about earlier, too, is not just physically losing your mom, but what if you've emotionally lost your mom yes, or whatever. Yes. You know, if you that's something else mm-hmm. that a lot of people makes 
even going on Facebook and going, my mom's my best friend. Mm -hmm. Look at how great this is. It's painful. Mm -hmm. As someone who's dealt with that, it is painful to go and see everyone have what you always wanted. Yes, very true. To acknowledge that, very true. To sit with somebody that emotionally, you're right, did not have a mom. (laughs) So this is all very apropos to that as well. Okay, we're going to end this with raising leaders on a more, like, what is it? Yeah, I would say that's upbeat. Raising leaders, and we've got five moms here. What would it look like to raise leaders if in it if you're married if you're single if you're uh, if you're a neighbor whatever you know what does it look like to help someone if you're not a mom raise a leader uh, or if you are a mom what does it look like to raise a leader we'll we'll word it like that mm-hmm. so I'll open it up go me I'll, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> I just love, as we were kind of preparing for this, one of the things that, Susan, I want you to share in a second, um, your story, um, because I think it's so beautiful. But um, as a homeschool mom, I have been learning a lot just about how to teach my children, right? Like education. Um, But in the journey of learning how to teach my children, what I'm also coming across is that really teaching them is showing them how to live life and be with. And so um, just take it it, and that then leading to leadership, right? If we can really just show our children how to live life by being with people and going along with people, noticing people, leaning into people, and then allowing them to learn skills with us, all of a sudden something fruitful starts to happen inside of their spirits, right? And we can, how many times have we heard like our children say, I didn't even hear what you said. We try and tell our children things. Oh, wait, we'll share every verse in the book. I mean, I've had them like learn Bible verses and that is not, I mean, and that's all great stuff, not to do away with any of that is great stuff. But what they really are taking away is how are we role modeling? How are we being with, how are we showing up? How are we walking life and being curious with their hearts and with each other's hearts mm-hmm. showing up for our neighbor, Right. I think that that really starts to spur inside of them a curiosity about people and learning to show up for people and and lead people and love people. And for me, that's really what I hope to kind of embrace inside of our home to to lead our children to be leaders in the long run Mm -hmm. is letting them see us live life in a way that's honorable um, and humble in the same time, in the same moment and um, with how we are with other people. That for me would be a joy um, to to be able to see the fruits of that someday. And hopefully I will. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Actually, John Deloney has a phrase that he says, actions are a language. Mm. And I love that because mm-hmm. it's so true. It's like you can spit all the Bible verses. You can mm-hmm. say all the self-help. You can do all the things in words to your kids. But if your actions don't line up to them, which one are they going to follow? Mm-hmm. Sure. And so I love that you pointed it out. And I'm like, so I want, I really want Susan to tell the story I might have of Chad, right? I mean, I'm on it. Yes. Um, so Susan, we want you to tell the story since now that we've pumped it up twice now. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I am. Um, uh, I'm on edge now. No, I'm kidding. Um, okay. I was in, in reference, uh, we were talking about what we were going to say about raising leaders. And, and um, I was saying for Chad, 
I said, you know, I've really talked about Chad a lot, you know, being hard as a teen and everything. But then he, I, I told uh, listeners, I told the, the ladies here that Chad has grown as an adult to be a wonderful leader. He is a fantastic leader. He's a great husband, a great father. He's a wonderful man of God. And Chad and I are great, you know, as he's, he's adult. And, but I remember him saying to, to Chad, uh, I mean, to Jake, his younger brother, you know, do you remember in, and as a great leader, the reason this came up is because Chad is a great leader. I remember him saying to Jake one time, Jake, do you remember one thing mother and daddy ever said? And I heard this and I was thinking, please say yes. You know? <laughs> and, and Jake said, what? And he said, do you remember one thing mother and daddy ever said? And Jake was like, no. And they were like, it's just how they lived. Mm, and so good. I was like, oh did you gosh. need a tissue? Because I would have yes. needed a tissue. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my gosh. Because again, at first I was like, please say you remember something. <laughs> but then when they were saying that, it just, it meant everything. It meant everything. And that is, that. that's what a leader, because Chad is such a great leader. Jake has he he has become such a great leader as well. And, and, you know, their father's a great leader. God, I'm only whatever God wants me to be. You know, I pray I'm, I am, but it's, uh, you know, whatever I am, God's allowed me to be. You're a great leader. But Susan. I know You're Steve is, I know Steve is. And, but they are, that word should be so encouraging to any mom out there because this in your quote is magnificent mm-hmm. actions are language what you said is so true through your homeschooling and the other thing i was thinking as i was saying this you know the devotional book that day spring asked me to write steve for christmas asked the boys to go through that i didn't know it and just make some personal notes to give to me and those notes are on the same line of their comments to show growth, both spiritually and emotionally. Those are kind of things that you were talking about, Megan. Those are the things that matter, that will raise them up to be leaders. You know, they're relational. Mm -hmm. They're all relational comments. Yes. They're not... Although they need to know two plus two is four. Yeah, absolutely. They need to know that, Megan. <laughs> they do. Don't forget. <laughs> Don't forget. Do. Plus two. Okay, do not two plus two. Some things haven't changed. Yeah. Some things uh-huh. have not changed. <laughs> Don't forget. Don't forget it. And But it's all relational comments. Mm-hmm. And uh, that will raise a good leader. And you want to, you know, cheer each other on and be happy for the other person mm-hmm. to succeed. And you want to encourage that and not be, you know, not compete against each, all of those things that are relational that Jesus would have us do, (laughs) you know, and be more like him. And so raising good leaders is, oh, when we're supposed to be wrapping this up, (laughs) we're getting the sign, wrap it up, wrap it up. Okay, we'll wrap it up. But oh, how meaningful this series has been. So I'll just cut it off right now. But thank you, Karen. 
for joining us, Karen Campbell. Round of applause. And Carrie, thank you for joining us on this side of the mic. We appreciate it. Megan, thank you for coming back. Brooke, thank you for coming back. It has been uh, such an honor having you all as part of this series on mothering, loving well for a lifetime. And you know what? I'm going to try to have some men here to do the same thing for Father's Day in June. Uh, So I'm hoping that that will happen. I've already got some men asked to do that. And so uh, I think that'll be fun, too. All right. Thank you, listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Tangible Truth Podcast part of the KLRC Podcast Network.